This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the latest in reality TV and pop culture. <laughs> Listen to these vocal cords. Oh, they sound so great. You guys have no idea what I've been through the past week. Okay, last week, minor life moment. I got married. Okay, I was so excited to come back and tell you guys all about the fact that I am now a married woman. I'm a missus, and I lost my voice. I mean, I literally was talking like that. And, and you know, I have a really hard time taking time off like for sickness because my whole entire life, like even if I was deathly ill, my parents would make me do everything. So I have that guilt like hanging over my head at all times. So I was like, okay, I can do it. I can do it. And then I tried to do it. And I sounded like an insane person. And I was like, I cannot put you guys through that. It was truly horrific, but feeling better and still feeling married. Can you believe it? We made it to the end of a long road. Not only that, it's BravoCon weekend. So, I mean, my life has just been nonstop for the past three weeks. I mean, it's just go, 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 go. We're leaving for Vegas. You could potentially be listening to this podcast on your way to Vegas, um, David and I land on Thursday evening, and then we're there until Monday. So I will be posting to Extra Pop, the Patreon, all weekend long. Um, so if you want in real time updates, make sure you're subscribed. The link is in the show notes below. But other than that, let's get into the pop three of the biggest headlines of reality TV and pop culture this week. I will say there's an honorable mention. And it was, I saw it right before I got on here to start the podcast. Sophie Turner was making out with some really hot guy. And I was like, yes. Okay, here we go. I don't know who he is, like I said. And also, okay, I skimmed the article, which is why I didn't actually put it in the pop three. I don't know why I'm talking about it right now because I'm probably like got everything wrong. But they were saying basically it was like a Mauricio and Emma moment where it was dark and you couldn't really see anything besides their hands. In this scenario, it was really dark and you couldn't see anything besides their heads pretty much glued together. So TBD on whether or not Sophie Turner has a new boyfriend. Um, it is what it is. Let's get into the actual pop three. Lindsay Hubbard did this sit down interview with us weekly. She talked about her breakup with Carl, her friendship with Danielle, her friendship with Kyle. She was spilling all the tea. So I'm going to give you a quick debrief and then just highlight on the things that I found most interesting. Um, first of all, she did this two days before a summer house panel where her and Carl are going to be on the same stage for the first time since they ended their engagement. Um, have they talked since then? I'm pretty sure that they have. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they have. But I mean, this is in front of a live audience. You know, is Lindsay going to have a moment? Is Carl going to have a moment? You don't know. But basically, Lindsay talked about going through the stages of grief, you know, saying that she was really sad and sick over it, that she was really angry over it, and that she's starting to get into the healing phase of it, which Honestly, in my opinion, if that is true and she's like on her healing journey already, like 
more power to you because back in the day, the last time I got broken up with, even though I knew this guy was no good for me, he was a total jerk. It took me a long time. I want to say honest Bible. I want to say like a year. So, I mean, obviously she's not like skipping through fields of dandelions, but still, you know, she's getting back out there. She's doing things that make her happy. We love that. Um, she did say that it was in the last two weeks of summer that Carl's demeanor changed towards her. She said um, there was a lot of combativeness and aggression um, towards her. So, and obviously this is only one side of the story, but I'm just going to comment on this side of the story. Um, to me, that kind of says that that the wheels were turning in Carl's head for at least these two weeks, that something is not right. And it seems like maybe the decision to break up with her on camera was um, maybe like a snap decision, you know, because all of this, like she says, aggression and combativeness has been building up, building up, building up. And then he's thinking in the back of my mind, I'm on a TV show. People already accuse me of being boring. How, how am I going to make sure that if I do end this marriage or engagement, um, that I'm not just completely written off the show. Hence, he causes production, which she said was humiliating. She said the whole world found out within 30 minutes of me, which is pretty crazy. Um, she said that Danielle and her girlfriends have been really standing by her side, that Danielle has been there for her. And uh, she said it became a story about sisterhood, which when you think back to how last summer ended, it's like, wow, you know, those same girls were like cheering at the demise of, of, Danielle and Lindsay's relationship. So I'm really hoping that that is true, you know, that all of the girls rallied around her and that it became, like she says, a story about sisterhood. She talks about Kyle and how I think her and Kyle hate each other. I think they're very similar, which probably, you know, they rub each other the wrong way because they're so similar. They're both great reality TV stars, in my opinion, for those reasons. You know, they're not afraid to, to, get activated or have a fight on camera or, you know, say something outlandish that we're all talking about the next day. Um, but she said that she believes Kyle will always see her as the villain and that, you know, Carl maybe needed an ally and Kyle, look, Kyle and Carl, they're like brothers. So what do you expect? Um, so she also said that two weeks before he called it off, he was at her bridal shower, which we all saw. Um, one week before was her dress fitting, and then he was fitting for his suits with his groomsmen. So um, the stress of wedding planning isn't what she's isn't the straw that broke the camel's back. What she's saying, and then also she said sobriety was not a factor in their relationship. I think maybe it had more to do with the uncertainty of their future. Um, maybe the pressure of knowing he was about to be a married man, maybe the pressure of not knowing exactly what he wants to do career-wise moving forward. I mean, we saw that last season with Loverboy. Um, but she also said, and I think this is the part that really hits home for everybody, is that she lost a best friend, not just a fiance. Maybe even more so she lost a best friend. They have an eight-year friendship um, that you know is no longer... This is one thing I found interesting. What is she doing with the ring and the apartment? So she says, I gave it to my jeweler to sell it. I need to make up for all the lost money on the wedding. And then her apartment, she says, I live there. I love my apartment. I spent a lot of time, money, and effort to make this home comfortable for us. For him to then burn it down. And at this point, I'm not in the mind space to think about, oh, where am I going to live now? 
So I thought that was interesting. She says moving forward, she's going to write a book that she has no regrets in the relationship and that it taught her that she was strong. Is Lindsay Hubbard dating? In this Us Weekly interview, she kind of hints that people have been sliding into her DMs and that she's ready. She said, I have a lot of friends looking to set me up. There's definitely been some people sliding into my DMs. I'm excited for this new chapter. It's a little too soon for my liking, but I'm also thinking that she might just need a fun distraction at the moment. Something fun, something lighthearted, something to make her you know, excited, something to look forward to and to keep her busy. I think Lindsay needs an older man. I think she needs like early 50s, divorced, has a hedge fund. Like maybe his name is Clint. He works on Wall Street, analyzing stocks. That's the type of guy that I see Lindsay Hubbard with in the future. That or like a cowboy, like someone that needs to take her to the rodeo and let her hair down, you know, ride a bull, ride a mechanical bull every once in a while. I know that they are total opposites, but there will be, there will be no in-between. So <laughs> it's either a guy on Wall Street or a guy in a cowboy hat, and there will be no discussion. You know, this does pose a good question, though, what the future of Summer House will look like, because Lindsay and Carl surely are not going to want to share a summer house in the Hamptons when they were supposed to get married. Will one of them get the boot? I have no idea. I'm anxiously awaiting that decision. I think we all are. Um, but I also think that they both do need to take time for themselves, you know, to heal, not get into anything too serious, and both just move forward and be happy. Let's move on to headline number two, Mauricio and Emma. What is next? And in relation to Kyle Richards, Teddy Mellencamp is, Camp is spilling some tea. Um, we're going to do a spoiler alert for Dancing with the Stars. Mauricio and Emma were voted off this week, and Mauricio said he was shocked and surprised. I don't really know how he was shocked and surprised. He was in the bottom with Harry and Riley, who also need to be kicked off the show. But anyways, Emma said that Mauricio's great. He's inspirational. He's such a supportive friend, like really just doting over Mauricio when they got kicked off. And then Mauricio says, this is not our last night on a dance floor. Which just could be like subject to interpretation, right? Do they mean like they're going to the clubs? They're going to the Abbey, a la Tom Sandoval and Rachel Levis. This isn't going to be our last night on a dance floor. Okay, and then you have Kyle's best friend, Teddy, who, of course, has her podcast with Tamara, and she was talking about specifically the season premiere of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but she also was just sprinkling some things in there to allude to the fact that Mauricio may have cheated or done something really bad to tick Kyle off. Teddy seemed to suggest on this podcast episode that Mauricio, Mauricio was the one that messed up in the relationship. And that awkward scene at the end of the season premiere was Kyle reacting to the fact that Mauricio had done something. We're not privy to any of that information. All we see is them sit down and have this really awkward conversation about tattoos, about how Mauricio isn't looking at Kyle's body close enough. Um, Mauricio seems very uncomfortable and Kyle seems very ticked. So Teddy's responding to that scene and she said, most of the time, the person that F's up isn't the angry one. She then says, I think it's clear at this point, Kyle's not ready to open up fully. And it looks to me like she's protecting Mauricio, but she's freaking pissed. 
Okay. That to me seems like Teddy's dropping a little bit more information than Kyle would like her to. Although it's like one of two things. Either Teddy wants to make headlines and talk about this and get press to pick up on it because it benefits her podcast or Kyle like planted the, the uh, seed and was like, yeah, Teddy, you can talk about this because it's only going to do better for Beverly Hills. Um, and then Teddy says this for years, I had so much resentment towards Edwin and it was to the point where I couldn't even look at him. And the fact that we've been able to work through it has been huge. Tamara asks, um, are you saying that he cheated? And he said, and Teddy says, um, I'm saying, I'm saying she like stumbled around a little bit. I'm saying that the photographs that um, Kyle just had to see online from TMZ were very triggering for me. And a light bulb went off in my head in that moment. If you watched Kyle and Teddy on Watch What Happens Live, Teddy alludes to the fact that her and Edwin went through this hard time during her first season of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. To me, she was looking for Andy to be like, what? And Andy did not care at all. <laughs> like Teddy was like, yeah, me and Edwin went through something that was really difficult. And, uh, you know, it was, it was while we were filming and I didn't know if we were going to get through it. And, and he was like, okay, so Kyle, what did you think about that? Like he did not go there at all. And then she brings it back up a couple days later, or at least something like that. You know, I had so much resentment towards Edwin. So I don't know. I think if Something like this happened. Obviously, something happened between Edwin and Teddy. Something that was bad. And she says, once you've been burned, it's really hard to come back. She knows way more about what's going on with Kyle and Mauricio than any of us do. So if she's drawing this comparison between her and Edwin, which she knows there was a bad situation between, potentially a cheating situation between, and she's saying, oh, Kyle and Mauricio are going through the same thing. Like, what else are we going to think? What else are we going to think? We're going to talk about it. That's exactly what she wants us to do. So here we are. Okay. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen. With Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Our last update we're going to do, our last pop three headline, we're going to do Kardashian updates. There's a couple different Kardashian headlines floating around out there. First, Courtney's due date and baby name. So Travis went on a podcast and said that the, the baby's name is going to be Rocky, um, Rocky 13, I guess for the movies. Um, this has been online for quite some time from like Kardashian pages and stuff that I follow. They've been dropping hints. I haven't paid like close enough attention to know what <laughs> hints they were dropping, but people were like, Oh, okay. I don't hate it for Courtney and Travis. I mean, would I name my baby Rocky? Probably not. Uh, but for Courtney and Travis, I think it's kind of fitting. Chloe is under fire for her Halloween costume. All you have to do is take a look at the picture and you will know why. 
Okay. Here's the thing. You know, they dress up as Bratz dolls. People are saying Chloe looks five shades darker than she normally is in real life. At what point do the Kardashians know that this is going to happen to them? Like, prevent it. I mean, is it that hard? You have people, you are doing these Halloween photo shoots in a studio. It's like, even if you don't do it intentionally, you see the picture and you can tell that Chloe does look three shades darker than she is in real life. Photoshop it to make it not look like that. It's not that hard. I don't understand it. I really don't. And it's sad because I'm loving Chloe at the moment. She's my favorite right now. I go through like seasons of change where I switch it up on who's my favorite. Chloe's my favorite at the moment, especially watching this season of the Kardashian the Kardashians on Hulu because everybody wants her to get back together with Tristan. And I can't for the life of me understand why Chris is doing it. Kim is gassing him up. Malika is like, save your family. I'm like, Malika, shut up. Save your family. Are you new here? Malika? Have you been under a rock for the past five years? If anyone has tried to save her family, it's Chloe, not Tristan. So there's some conspiracy theories that they're already back together and they're just priming the audience so that when the moment comes that they are like, oh yeah, we decided to give our relationship another try. They can say, but look, we've been telling you guys, we've been telling you. Kim has been telling you that Tristan's so good. Chris has been telling you that he's such a great father. And meanwhile, you have Jordan Craig, another baby mama of Tristan saying that he won't pay any of his child support. So it's like, give me a break. We're not going to buy it. We're not going to have it. And that's the end of it. Okay. Let's get into the deep dive. Every single week on my Instagram at Morgan P talks, I open up the deep dive submissions to you. What is it you want to know more about this week? It's from my girl, Sam. Hi, Morgan. This is Sam from Charleston, South Carolina. I absolutely love your page and the deep dives that you do. It's one of my favorite Bravo accounts that I follow. Um, for the deep dive, I would love if you could do a rundown of the Vanity Fair article about Bravo and your opinion on it, specifically all of the Ramona Singer drama, the stuff about Ebony, as well as Leah, and all of the different things that have come out about it. I'm super interested in all of the Roni news, and I just absolutely love listening to your podcast and following your page. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. Love you like a sis. <laughs> oh my gosh. See, that made me feel so good. If saying love you like a sis makes you feel that kind of joy in my heart, like that is my mission here on MPT is to make you feel that good. So Sam, love you like a sis. Thank you for the deep dive question. I'm bringing on a friend this week to discuss it because there is lots to discuss. And I love all of her pop culture opinions that she puts out there. Uh, if you don't follow her, do so already. Uh, her name is Donna. She hosts Daily Dose of Donna. So here we go, the deep dive about the Vanity Fair expose. Donna, hello. Thank you for joining MPT this week. I'm so happy to be here, Morgan. Thanks for having me. I needed you, of all people, of course, because I love your takes. And this Vanity Fair article is just a lot to get through. And I feel like I definitely needed somebody to just bounce my ideas off of because there's so many things. We've been hearing about this article for a while. You know, there's supposed to be this, you know, juggernaut to the Bravo sphere, this reality reckoning. And I felt this way. And I feel like everybody else that I've seen felt this way, but I want to get your opinion as well that. It was not the big gotcha moment that we were anticipating. 
I mean, they're calling it a flop. And I would say I hate to be like, you know, it's one of those things because when I saw that the article came out, I immediately like I stopped what I was doing. You know, it was like mm-hmm. I need all eyes on deck. Like we yeah. need to be reading this thinking, oh, my God, I can't. And I halfway through the article, I was like, why am I getting bored? Why am I losing my train of thought? Yeah. Why am I not that interested in it? And actually, I stopped reading it for a while to do something else and then came back to it because I, I knew I had to. Right. That I think is kind of the overall feeling from it. It's like we thought we were going to get this pot of gold and we got just like a little, you know, I don't know, lucky charms. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it was a lot of stuff that A, we already knew. um, B, I feel like situations that could be misinterpreted, you know, depending on who you're talking to. And C, it's just another for me attention grab for Bethany Frankel, which cheapens the message. I think that she's trying to get out, but we're going to break it down section by section. There are three housewives that actually go on record in the article. Uh, Leah McSweeney and Ebony Williams, formerly of the Real Housewives of New York. And of course, Bethany Frankel, also of New York. And it starts with Leah. And Those are the no, only three that are talking, right? We haven't are, seen any others. Yeah, that are actually quoted. I think they use a quote from Heather Gay. Um, I can't. I couldn't figure out if if Heather talked directly to Vanity Fair or if they referenced Heather saying something similar. But everybody else, um, every other potential housewife, it's like anonymous. Yeah. Um, but these three are the ones that kind of detail their, you know, experiences. Yeah. Um, and we'll start with Leah because she's the first one. Um, in this article. So let's start with Leah, whose major grievance comes around uh, alcohol consumption and then also a situation with her grandmother while she was filming. So she says that she comes into her first season of New York. She relapsed coming into her first season. So she went, I think, 10 years being sober. She started drinking again, and then she started filming The Real Housewives of New York. So she had already made the decision to start drinking again when, you know, cameras first got her, you know, on screen. Mm -hmm. So she talks about how she they go on this. They were in New York. It wasn't like a cash trip. Do you remember where they were when she was throwing torches? torches? Yeah. I think that was like upstate or somewhere like it was like a Hamptons home or something like that. It wasn't a flying somewhere to go. It was more just like a someone's vacation home. I really I think it was. Was it Ramona's home or Sonia's home? Yeah, I think it was one One of of those two. But um, she talks a lot about uh, the amount of alcohol that she was drinking on that. We'll just call it a trip for lack of better words. Mm -hmm. And then she's talking about how her grandma was you know, more or less passing away while she was on this trip. And she talked about it on camera. Um, She talked about how she wanted to leave to go be by her grandmother's side. That production told her, you can do that. But she says she felt like that meant the opposite. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of the first major alarm bell, right? That this is how the Vanity Fair article starts with production told me I could leave but it felt like it meant the opposite. What did you make of her recollection of that? Okay, there's two things happening here. I think it's really hard when we're starting with a character like Leah McSweeney because I think overall, the overall fan take on Leah is not super liked. Like Mm -hmm. she's not a super likable person or housewife. I don't know how she is in real life, but I'm saying as a housewife, we as a fan like community are mostly not on board. 
And I remember I posted a, about, you know, this article saying, will she ever join Housewives again? And I've gotten, I've never gotten so many like DMs. No, hopefully not, never. And this is before the article. So right. I think that we're already starting with a situation where we have someone that wasn't a fan fave. Today's podcast sponsor is OneSkin. And if you have sensitive skin, listen up. We got to talk about their scientifically proven topical supplements. Free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red and itchy and irritated, all the stuff we hate, their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy efficacy and safety on all skin types. Not only that, they're the first and only skin longevity company to target cellular senescence, a key hallmark of aging. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Say no more. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask where you heard about them. Please support the show. Support your girl. Tell them I sent you because we give credit where credit is due here at MPT. And then when you go into this feeling of or this, this story of it was so bad, but not for any specific thing that production did, but just my experience was so bad, but they didn't do anything, but I think it was really bad. It feels immediately like, I hate to say it, but it feels a little bit like a child or something saying, my mom is so unfair because she gives me a curfew. Yeah. You know, it didn't feel like it was rooted in anything real. Production in Leah's case did, in my opinion, nothing wrong. Now, my husband was on my show the other day and he's in reality TV and he said that, on a lot of these shows, they do psych evals, you know, before you cast the, the person, before you do a Big Brother type of show or any of those competition shows, you have to make sure that you've got your stuff together a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And he thinks like she should just have not been cast because yeah. if you are someone that is 10 years of, you know, sober after being a heavy alcoholic saying, now I'm drinking again. Well, maybe they wanted the drama, but it doesn't feel like probably the best choice for production. So I think there was a mistake there. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, And, you know, talking about her feeling like she couldn't leave, you know, to go to her grandmother's funeral and grieve her, her grandmother, the quote from Heather said, uh, I would be afraid to leave and go to my grandmother's funeral. I think that is just like, you know, one sentence that can be interpreted many different ways. And I think in entertainment in general, and especially if you're a housewife getting paid to be on camera, I think no matter what the situation is, anytime that you have to be away from the camera, you're scared that you're going to lose your job. Because I mean, how easily do they pluck housewives in and out because you're not there for three episodes or you're not there for however much time. So to me, it's like not about the, not really about the fact that production couldn't or wouldn't accommodate her. It's more her thought that if I leave and I don't get this screen time, I'm not going to be a housewife very long. A hundred percent. And Emily from Real Houses of OC was just on the Jeff Lewis show. Um, a few weeks ago. And she was talking about the fact that she missed that big trip that they took because she was really sick. She had COVID and she Mm -hmm. couldn't go on one of the big trips. And Jeff said, well, did you get paid anyway? And she said, well, yeah, I mean, I'm still, I was still a cast member and I got paid, but 
as a cast member, you don't want to miss out on those big trips or those big events because you're going to be in the, on the outs. Maybe you don't really know yeah. what's going on. And then you could be missing some really important like scenes or situations. So let's call it, it what it is, Leah. You didn't want to miss. It wasn't that you weren't told you could go or weren't. I'm sure pr- production's not heartless for the most part. I'm sure they felt bad for her. And I'm sure they said, please go. And she said, no, 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 it's okay. Uh, yeah. I don't want to go. Yeah. That's not production's fault. That really right. is only something that you feel guilty about that you didn't do. And you're kind of put placing, in my opinion, placing the blame to to relief, like to relieve your own guilt. It would be totally different if they said, if you go to, you know, the hospital to be with your grandma, we are terminating your contract. Exactly. Or we will no totally, longer pay you. Yeah, totally different scenarios. And I feel like it's kind of the same when she gets into the drinking on Ultimate Girls Trip, because that's the second part of her excerpt in this Vanity Fair article. She says that other castmates were pressuring her to drink. According to the article, Giselle um, from the Real Housewives of Potomac said to her, like, if you drank this weekend, would that be a big deal? Leah said it would ruin my life. So I don't know. Did you see what Giselle said in response to all of this? She goes, production doesn't have to tell me shit, right? right Isn't that the right. thing she said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She said, uh, we go on these girls' trips and we don't know each other. I was getting to know Leah. She said, what I knew of Leah was that she was drunk and throwing tiki torches in her first season of The Real Housewives of New York. And then I later heard that she was sober. So what I was trying to do in that moment was figure out is what Leah I need to be prepared for to film with because at that point she had seen both. Yep. Yep. It didn't feel in any way like I watched the beginning of that girl's trip. I have to be honest. It was a pretty hard season to continue with like after a few se- a few episodes. But once again, Leah was quite insufferable on that yeah. show, like the first couple of episodes. And, um, and I didn't feel like what the conversation around drinking for someone who is a sober person on a show where they used to be hammered and wasted and very famously like doing something crazy. That is, that is a genuine like topic of conversation. If I was right. at dinner with Leah, I would also say, so you're not drinking anymore. Like what's going on? What's happening? I don't get this feeling of like, they had it out for me. They needed me to drink. They were all trying to get me to drink. I do think that a couple of them were a little maybe insensitive, like Mary saw. Yeah. And I think Heather maybe was like, can we get her drunk or whatever? Right. But is that production? And is this insensitive? Yes. Is it illegal? No, no. It's not. <laughs> no, no. It's like, I know alcoholism is a serious disease, but if I was out to dinner with my friend who was like deciding not to eat sugar and dairy and I was like, come on, have a little piece of cake. Like what? I, am I like the worst person in the world? They're not friends. They didn't yeah. know each other. I, I bet Heather and Mary Saul felt like shit afterwards knowing the situation, but that's who they are. They have no filters. Half these women, they just say what's on their mind. Not yeah. a production issue. Yeah. And, you know, because of both of those incidences, uh, we learned in the article that she actually did lodge a complaint um, that the network violated the Americans with Disabilities Act. It says the incident seems to result from what she claims was pressure that caused her to relapse on Roni and the way they treated her following the death of her grandmother. So kind of like we just said, I don't even know, like, does this have any legs in court? calling all lawyers. I mean, so is she saying that her disability is alcoholism? It didn't specify because I was like a mental health situation. Yeah, I was also confused what particular, what particularly would be the disability. 
it feels like you go to an attorney and you're like, please tell me we have a case. And she's like going through the books and she's like, aha, yeah. I found one little path that we can take. But I personally just do not buy the Leah McSweeney of it all. It to me is is like such, if this is what you got for Vanity Fair, like this is the one. Yeah. It was a fail. And started with it. I mean, right off the bat, I feel like it would have been way more and maybe even not way more, but even Ebony's part was way more impactful to me than Leah's because it, Agree. Le- it feels like it has a lot more merit to it. Um, and just before we switch gears to Ebony, I do want to say there, I mean, we've seen this argument everywhere too, but there are tons of sober people on Bravo that have no problem being long-term castmates. You have Candy from Atlanta. You have Lala, who's, in my opinion, one of the most entertaining reality stars that and Bravo doesn't touch has. It. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't drank in five years. Mm-hmm. So, so again, it just feels like Leah's we had Jill to- Zarin on her diet yeah. cokes. There were so <laughs> yeah. there's so many amazing cast members, even just this last season. Uba, I mean, Uba gave us so much entertainment on Roni. Yeah, never once drinks alcohol, and and this is not. It doesn't connect to me. We are human beings and adults. And Morgan, if you don't want to have a drink tonight and you're at a party with an open bar and people are literally walking around giving you alcohol and you don't want to have a drink. You don't have to have a drink, and I guarantee right. you'll have fun. Right. So you can't blame the host of the party for serving you alcohol if you get drunk. Right. It's your fault. I've never blamed a restaurant for getting drunk. I've always only <laughs> taken like a responsibility. Like I screwed up. I drank too much. Right. Right. Okay. Let's move on to Ebony because, like I said, her story was more impactful to my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, however, even though it was impactful, it wasn't any real groundbreaking new information. Um, I think the events that have happened since then, which we'll get into. That's more groundbreaking than what was actually in the article. But um, Ebony Williams talked about her relationship with Ramona Singer, Ramona Singer's alleged racism, uh, claiming that she made statements like most black people don't have present fathers and whether or not she could say that. Um, They're talking about they had like this diversity call, right? The training before they went into season 13 or 14 with Ebony. And Ramona asks can I say something like this? And so that's, you know, where all of this is stemming from. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's been more examples of Ramona's alleged racism, you know, even a story that got picked up this week that she's no longer going to be at BravoCon because she texted a page six um, source, you know, and pretty much used the slur again to say, I didn't say it. This is what I said. Instead of saying this, I'm just like, at what point is Ramona going to get it? Because there's No. no, there's no excuse for it anymore. No. And I just talked about this today on my show too, because I thought like, it's a very important conversation to understand that, you know, there are certain things that are never okay. Mm -hmm. There are certain things that are just never okay. Right. You never use that word. If, unless maybe that is in your culture and you talk about that openly with your friends or whatever, but we don't use that word. White Mm -hmm. women, men, should not be using that word. <laughs> like, it, right. it, I, I can't even say it like in jest, like talking about the story to a right. friend. Right. So I don't understand how you could talk about it like publicly, right? I don't understand it. But Ramona, and I'm not saying but like giving her um, an out because nothing justifies it. Ramona is 
always putting her foot in her mouth mm -hmm. over everything, right? That's yeah. not just in this racist way, which is clearly an issue for her, but just talking down to people, treating service like shit, right? Like the help and, and asking people to do things for her. And we've heard so many accounts of people meeting her in real life and she has no idea who your name is. Right. I remember she was on two T's in a pod and could not remember Teddy Mellencamp's name. This is a, a current housewife or this was a, a, another housewife and a podcast host. Like I guarantee you, if I met Ramona right now, she would literally not remember who I was tomorrow. Like this yeah. is just who she is. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm not giving any justification for it, but I think that's why none of it was too groundbreaking for us when we saw that article. Cause it's like, of course that would be Ramona. Right. She's so inappropriate. Yeah. Do you think it's the right call to not have her at BravoCon? I mean, after, after that story came out, I don't see how she could have been there. I mean, she would have probably been booed off the stage. I think that with all eyes right now on Bravo and on NBC Universal, because of this Bethany reality reckoning and everyone just like looking with the binocular, what are all the bad things that could happen? If they just like swept this under the rug and put her on a stage, not only would they look really bad, like they were accepting this kind of behavior, mm -hmm. but I guarantee you a huge portion of the cast and other shows and crew or talent or guests or whatever would be like, <clears throat> please, What's like I didn't on? pay, yeah. I didn't pay to watch a racist on my right. stage. Right. I imagine. So Ramona, I mean, talk about like digging a hole and then jumping in and putting dirt right on top of your head. Like she really screwed that one up. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I get, she was trying to explain that she said the N word instead of the actual word. Right. But then she started to type it out, which is like, I don't know. I don't, I, she probably genuinely has no idea what. Right. She no, wrong. she does. She, I mean, clearly, otherwise it's like, she's making the same mistake over and over and over again. And that's why I say like, at what point is it going to take, or is it just not, is she humanly incapable of understanding the concept? And I mean, I will say this, like, you know, culture is changing and, and rapidly. And Ramona, I mean, she's not like 90 years old, but it's something. Yeah. But it's like, is she just not equipped because of how she grew up or I, I don't understand. I really, it's really, it's a really like, it's a really soft, um, or touchy, I should say conversation yeah. because I talked about this too. And I got a lot of pushback. Um, a lot of older people in like that 60 some year old plus not all. So please don't hear this as all, because I know a lot of people that are very, very old and are completely not racist and like right, completely right. treat people fairly. But there is a certain subculture of people who are raised in a certain way, maybe with certain parents that kind of instilled certain thoughts or values. Maybe it's politicians that they follow or influencers that they follow online or shows that they watch. We don't know mm -hmm. that are so kind of stuck in who they are that they almost feel like, why should I have to change? Yeah. Like, this is who I am. Yeah. This is who I am. And I know some of those people. Yeah. You know, like in my personal life. And so that's how I can kind of connect to this because I think that there are there are certain people out there that like maybe understand why other people are offended, but they're like, it's not my problem. Right. And that is Ramona to a T. I mean, we've seen that not even just in this instance, but you know, plenty of other times when she's offending people, <laughs> you know, once an episode, it felt like. Yeah. And if this came from anyone else, if anyone else on any of the other casts, I'm sure there are some that we can think it, it would come from. But if this came from like a Heather Dubrow, 
just mm-hmm. say, or a, um, I said earlier, like a Lisa Barlow, it would be very shocking. Yeah. I think a lot of us would be highly, highly upset. upset. Yeah. But with Ramona, it's like, add it to the list, man. Right. She is just, you know, there's certain people when they show you who they are, believe them. Right. But yeah, it's kind of crazy that she's not going to be there. And what do you think is going to happen to girls trip? I have no idea. I there's really no way don't. they they hold this. There's no way they shelve another girls trip. I know. I almost feel like they can't because they have already shelved the one with Brandy um, and, Caroline. and Caroline. And, you know, it was supposed to come out in December. So I don't know. They're, the wheels are definitely turning behind the scenes. Um, I don't think that they will shelf it, but I think this will be the last <laughs> The last girls trip we see Ramona on, obviously we know they're not doing like a full fledged legacy. I think we'll definitely get more um, Sonia and Luann moving forward, you know, more crappy, crappy lakes lake. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I want to move into Ebony versus Bethany because out of oh. the whole article, this is the best thing I think that has come up. Um, so in the article, Ebony was asked about joining you know, forces with Bethany or joining the reckoning. And she said, F Bethany Frankel, you think I'm going to let some white girl speak for me with my experience with a multi-billion dollar corporation. First of all, I love that response for her, but it didn't stop there because they started fighting in the DMS. So Bethany posted this on her Instagram story. Um, she, Okay, so Ebony had messaged Bethany and the the message said, we met on a private flight from Palm Beach to New York City a couple years ago. Just thanking you for consistently using your platform for tangible change. That was set in June of 2020. Which was was like the height of George Floyd and all of that. So I'm sure at that point, Bethany was posting a lot about, you know, Black Lives Matter and support. And also, I don't think at that point, Ebony had started shooting Roni yet. I don't know. I don't they know. They shot it during COVID, but I don't think it was that early. Do you really right. think it was already in June? Right. I probably not. Sorry. It now was probably I'm around that time. Like, what kind of outfits were they wearing? Like, was it I know. Was it I know. I do remember. I mean, I remember that they had Shabbat dinner. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was like a couple different things, but I don't remember because that was a crazy season. Remember, everything was closed crazy. down and they couldn't even go to restaurants. Yeah. And, you know, in this DM, there was no response for like two years. Yeah. And Bethany responded in August of 2022 saying, wow, I never saw this. Um, thanks. And I'm sorry. I'm so late. So then on Saturday, she posted or she posted another screenshot. Bethany reaching out saying, do you have a minute? Ebony did not respond to it. She then posted the screenshot and said, Bethany Frankel tried it. Pulling out a receipt from three years ago, back when you used to focus on philanthropy, instead of thirst trapping on other people's hardships. And I was like, ouch, get Ebony back on our TV. (laughs) You know, like in that moment, I was like, I mean, but she hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I mean, Bethany's the queen of the pivot and she's really pivoted her content in the last few months, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people feel this way about Bethany. They're like, why are you fighting the the good fight, right? Like, why are you doing this? Why are you taking everyone's issues and making it your own? But that's who Bethany is. She like, she wants to take credit for it. She wants to be responsible for it. I think that's why she hasn't connected with like the people that are upset at Love is Blind and those reality stars that actually have lawsuits. Actually, I know this for a fact that she hasn't connected with them because she wants it to be under her wing. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, we're not going to just be like one of your people. We have our own story too. Right. So I think, you know, there's a little bit of that kind of, 
And we've heard this before that like white savior complex with Bethany, right? Like I want to fight the fight for everyone, but yeah. it almost does. And it's tricky because a lot of people didn't like the the use of the word. Like, I mean, you think I'm going to let some white girl, mm-hmm. you know, which I kind of agree. It's like, why are we even doing that? It didn't yeah. really feel necessary. But at the same time, I think what she's trying to say is this is a race issue. Right. And so it would be like me you know, talking about the fact that like female rights or whatever and having a man speak for me, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. So, um, so I think that that's what she meant, but fighting in the DMS, it's not a good look really for either, (laughs) to be honest. Do you think, (laughs) I mean, is it a good look? No. Do I enjoy the mess? Yes. Yes. And (laughs) I like somebody publicly, somebody who also was a housewife, housewife publicly pushing back against Bethany because all we've seen really, is like, you know, a Raquel situation where there's the little fragile bird that, like you said, Bethany comes and swoops up and gives her a platform and makes all this money off of her when it's like, no, Ebony is just as strong of a woman. Mm -hmm. She can speak for herself. If she wants to sue Bravo, she will sue Bravo. She doesn't need Bethany's help doing it. But like you said, I feel like Bethany's intentions just don't come across as pure because A, I think a lot of it is for attention. Um, Obviously, B, because she even this year was trying to get shows on Bravo that didn't end up working out. Um, C, she hasn't. Right. She hasn't sued them. So she's just trying to make a lot of noise because she's not actually fighting the fight because she can't sue them. So she's just trying to get as much attention as possible. And. I'm just glad that somebody else is going to be like, I see what you're doing and it's not going to fly with me. I think, and there's a couple other people. So Bethany released an, um, one of her podcasts this week, you know, these ranting podcasts. And I saw someone post about it where she basically claps back at like Leah Black and Luann and Ariana Maddox and like all these other Bravo stars or current and former who had said that Bethany's like, in the wrong. Mm -hmm. And she's clapping back saying, yes, I see what you guys are doing. You're just like good soldiers. You're good Bravo soldiers, you know, fighting for Bravo. And I think to myself, like, at what point does Bethany realize like she's actually threatening careers and, you know, livelihoods of so Mm -hmm. many people by trying to take down this machine of Bravo? Why is it her fight? I get the residuals. I get that part. Like, I do think that people should be accurately paid. But everything else is just feeling like we're digging, we're digging. And this is your moment, the Vanity Fair article, which Bethany says, this article um, author, Anna Peel, it's just a small corner, she said, of the big problem. I'm like, no, this girl was should have been the big corner. Right, right. <laughs> Why are we only like giving a little seed? This is the moment. Right, right. Or it was, it was at least portrayed like it was going to be the moment. And if what she's saying is true, and it's not the moment, you have now lost a lot of your audience moving forward because it's like the boy who cried wolf, you know, like, oh, this big Vanity Fair article is going to bring Bravo down and it didn't. So what are you saying? Oh, there's more, there's more, but is there, there's probably not. And if it is, it's probably stuff like Leah's stories, right? It's like, oh, one time I wanted to go home and they didn't have a van ready for me to go. And so (laughs) I had to like stay at the restaurant too late and I didn't want to be there and whatever. Like there's going to be stories like that. Yeah. you know, Heather Gay got so drunk um, on an episode just a couple of weeks ago on right. Salt Lake City. It through the bag. Uh, can't even talk about it, right? <laughs> and so off 46 uh, espresso martinis. Heather Gay 
drank those martinis yep. on her own. She mm-hmm. doesn't clearly know how many <laughs> martinis she can take, but not one person watching that show is like, wow, production really effed that. No, it was part of the story. She got hammered right. and it was throwing up all over herself. That's on Heather. She also faked a black eye. That's on Heather. (laughs) Or like lied about a black eye. These are all, all these housewives are problematic. It's true in their own ways. They're entertaining. They're good TV. And I hate to imagine that any of these women, like I can't imagine that any of them, look at the new cast of Roni, Jenna Lyons, smart, like accomplished businesswoman. She chose to be on the show because it's for her business, because it allows more exposure for her brand. Mm -hmm. They are going to continue to choose to do this. What are we doing here? Yeah. (laughs) And like you said, I mean, there are, and I've said this the whole time, there are good things that are coming out of this from Bethany, the residuals, the mental health resources. Like, I feel like there are things that everybody could agree on that. Yes. In 2023, these things should be talked about, but it's getting lost. It's getting lost because Bethany wants to be the center of it and not she just wants, that's my opinion that she just wants the attention from it all. And she just wants to take down Andy. Like it's so clear. Why is nothing else talked about other than Bravo? Why is Andy Cohen, who she is now compared to a cult leader and Mm -hmm. Harvey Weinstein? What? Like, I'm sorry. Andy is definitely not perfect. We, I think we all have heard like stories of good and bad. He's, Mm -hmm. he's probably got some, um, you know, issues in, in his life with the way he treats other people as is an amazing entertainer and a great reality TV host. Right. And watch what happens live is amazing TV. So like he's a genius, right? He's put all these people together on the map for all of our purposes, for all of our entertainment. Her goal is truly to kill Andy Cohen's career. That's it. She but, wants him. She wants him off. But He's why? Saying, like, is it just because she's jealous? Yeah. Bitter? I honestly think it comes from a place of, I was your favorite. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not. And because of that, I don't want anyone else to have you. Like, how dare anyone else feel like they're your favorite? You, you, they were so tight. She always says, no, yeah. it was just about work. Bull. You don't go on beach walks with your boss. Right. Like, you you were friends, right? She was friends with all of them. Kelly, Ripa, and Sarah Jessica Parker. Like, she was in that crew. And she's bitter because he passed on projects for her. Bravo passed. And, yeah. like, wasn't really down. And then, of course, that one time on Watch What Happens Live, right? When she was on and he basically said, oh, so now you're talking about the housewives for your mm-hmm. podcast. Right. She and when you think about it, um, her relationship with Carol ended for similar reasons. Totally. I can't, I can't remember the specific person, but it was like, uh, Carol was really fr- good friends with somebody that, you know, had business connections. And Bethany was like, hook me up with this person. And Carol was like, no, I'm not going to do that for you just because you're my friend and end of their relationship. Yeah. It's, I mean, we can do a whole like deep dive on <laughs> Bethany's dive on life. Bethany. But, but the other day when Bethany was hysterically crying on TikTok and on Instagram about how she had the opportunity to ring the bell at NASDAQ, oh, right. be strong. And she was so lonely because her daughter couldn't make it. Number one, talk about toxic mother issues. Like what 13 year old is going to see that your mom's hysterically snotting, crying all over <laughs> online because you couldn't be at something because you had yeah. mass. Yeah. That's a lot. But also it just sh- goes to show like Bethany is alone. I don't think she does have a lot of friends. I think actually I know that she doesn't have a lot of friends from people that are, are you know, peripherally involved. And, 
she probably has a couple of people, but the majority of her friends are her TikTok and Instagram audience. And yeah. that's why she rants and raves morning through night. She yeah. creates more TikToks than anyone we know. Yeah. Where do you think Bethany goes from here? And where do you think Bravo goes from here? I think Bravo's definitely taking a hit, but look, we're going to BravoCon this weekend. We're going to see so much excitement and fun, and I guarantee you it's going to reinvigorate the brand. Mm -hmm. People are going to have a great time with it, and hopefully, you know, it's going to there's not going to be any crazy drama. And I think the goal is for Bravo to just kind of pretend everything's okay. Don't don't talk about it, don't talk about it, keep going. Um I think NBC Universal has so much money and so many attorneys that anyone that goes up against them is going to be severely like killed in court. Yeah. Um, it, going against them is like going against, I don't know, like a huge entity. It's so hard. Yeah. For, like, I don't understand how Leah McSweeney can win here. I don't get yeah. it. But I'm sure there's maybe some weird ways. But also, I think that Bethany will always find a way to pivot. And if this doesn't work, mm -hmm. just like a lot of other things haven't, she'll just, she'll continue to be fine because she's, she's, confident mm -hmm. and she has huge stands like she's got fans that will fight for her to the death i don't know if you noticed that in her comments <laughs> yeah her people love her and so anytime i say anything it's gotten a little easier now but i was talking kind of badly about bethany about a year ago before all this and i mean my dms my comments were bad like oh gosh really Oh yeah, people really like Bethany. Like they fight for her. They, I yeah. think it's changed in the last few months. But it definitely has. Cause, I mean, I I wouldn't say that I would ever go into somebody's DMs if they had a you know uh, opposing opinion. But I really was a fan of Bethany. Like you were all. I really loved her. I thought she was she was like on my Mount Rushmore of housewives. Loved I her. had literally like a posted on my wall saying I will meet Bethany Frankel. Like I was obsessed, and I think that ma the majority of people that are really kind of like sad about this mm -hmm. and confused by her are, are people that were her biggest fans. Yeah. Because it feels like, what happened to our friend? Now, what Bethany happened? is- Pour I one know. out for former Bethany. <laughs> I know, she was so good. But Bethany was a mean girl on TV. We just didn't see it that way because she was funny. Right. But if right. you go back and watch like a lot of the way she talked about her her other castmates and her quips and stuff, if, if she didn't have a good sense of humor or a good delivery, it would be mean. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of people dug that stuff back up when she did do the interview with Raquel because mm -hmm. they were like, uh, hello, pot, meat, kettle. Do you remember what you've said about so many other people? I mean, was it hard? Was the stuff that Ariana said to Rachel Hart? Sure. Was it deserved? In my opinion, yes. I would do a lot worse. Like, and she did it on camera. So it just is what it is. Um, but thank you so much for coming on. I'm looking forward to BravoCon this weekend. Uh, tell everyone where they can listen to you, your YouTube show, and your Instagram and TikTok accounts. Yay. Okay. So my name is spelled D-A-N-A. -A. It's hard to, uh, you know, understand, but it's Donna, D-A-N-A. -A. So I'm on Instagram at this is Donna Bowling. Same at TikTok. And then my show is called Daily Dose of Donna on YouTube and on all the podcast apps every day, five days a week. See you at BravoCon. Yay.
All right. Thank you guys again for hanging out. Another episode of MPT. Thank you for being patient with me while I recovered from being sick. It feels so good to be back. Don't forget to leave a review. I haven't had a new review since I've been a married woman. So even if you just leave me a little congrats or a love you like a sis, you know, I appreciate every single one of your uh, rates and your reviews. Make sure you're subscribed to the Extra Pop Patreon. going to be posting live from BravoCon all weekend. If you're going to BravoCon, say hello. If you scream Lilas to me, I will hear you and we can be best buddies because that's what it's all about. Okay. Uh, if not, I'll see you next Thursday. Love you like a sis. Of course. A Huda Media Production.